0: I have a dark side, Steve. No, you don't.
1: You really don't.
0: <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the pop culture.
1: I want my MTV. I want my MTV.
0: The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slap and blood pump and nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey,
1: could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You?
0: Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s?
1: Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, our interview with John Cafferty. You mean Eddie lives?
0: It's possible.
1: With me, as always, he's the beaver to my brown. <laughs> Time's pop music critic, Sean
0: Daly. God! I don't, even, oh, I don't want to think too much about that one. Yes! No, yes, uh, very exciting show today. Um, John Cafferty, of course, was the voice, in a way, the singing voice, uh, of, of Eddie and Eddie and the Cruisers. Fantastic Great music. movie. You lo- How many times have you seen Eddie and the Cruisers? Oh, God. Probably 20, 30 times. And the thing about John Cafferty, and also he had uh, Hearts on Fire from Hearts Rocky on fire. Four. Yeah. And um, And, you know, in this interview, you're going to hear him talk about the Eddie and the Cruisers days, hanging with Springsteen and Bon Jovi. He was kind of in that crowd. Um, he was, uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band was from uh, Rhode Island, but they kind of went down to that Jersey sound. And, uh, you know, you're thinking John Cafferty, kind of a fringe character in the 80s, but no, no. No. A lot of stuff. And the reason we're talking to uh, Mr. Cafferty today, who has a delightful blue-collar accent, which you fell in love oh with.
1: Oh, my God. it's I can listen to it all day long. I got I don't this know weird
0: why. text from you at, like, two in the morning, like, I could listen to John Cafferty talk. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's like listening to Michael Paré. Is yeah. Or Springsteen. It's right. weird. He's, he's got this great, you know, grumbly... You know, Northeastern
0: accent. Yeah. I just love it. You know what John Cafferty is? He's authentic. <laughs> Much <laughs> like, like I am. I nah, know. oil salesman. Buy some of my snake oil. Anyway, John Cafferty is coming with the All-Star Rock Tour to uh, the Mahaffey Theater in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg on June 4th. Uh, and I'm going to say right now that the All-Star Rock Tour... Kicks Ringo's All Star Tour kicks its ass. What do you think about that? Easily said, easily yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. We're not big fans of the Ringo tour. No. We felt a little uh, ripped off, cheated. Yeah, but listen to this. So John Cafferty will be with uh, Orleans, still the one Spizzy. dance with Spizzy. Uh Jolynn Turner from Rainbow and Deep Purple. Jolyn Turner is um, about four foot six, but with his mighty hair, he's about six foot four. Can you give us, give us a a, a tune. Smoke on the water, Spearsy in the skies. <laughs> uh, John Ford Coley, you know, England then. John Ford Coley. I'd really love to see you tonight, Spearsy. <laughs> I'm not talking about moving into the lair. I just want to sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else is here? Uh, and Robbie Dupree. Cricket? Cricket? Come on. <laughs> just, no. Steal away. Steal away. Why don't we steal away? I've
1: interviewed him, actually. He and I had a long talk one day. Did you I, record it? Yeah. I, we didn't was use it for a show? A po- no. Didn't use it for a podcast. It was kind of like a one-on-one So
0: anyway, thing. John Cafferty is going to get to do, um, he told me in this interview, unfortunately, yeah. Stephen Q. Spears was uh, nah. putting on his uh, film critic hat, and you reviewed the uh, new X-Men movie. Yeah. One-word was- review. <laughs> it is. It if features you Kevin it. Bacon. Yeah, you gave it an A minus. Yeah,
1: yeah, because of Kevin Bacon. Because of Kevin Bacon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, I got to talk to John Carthy on my own and uh, without Spearsy here. I'm very, very hyper. But Cafferty's great. We talked for about uh, 15, 20 minutes, and he's just it's Six Degrees of John Cafferty. A lot of bold face names. A great Sly Stallone story, yes.
1: Excellent. Incredible.
0: Um, you find out how he got involved with the Rocky movies, and uh, he talks about uh, Springsteen. He talks about Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, and I think you're going to love it. I said it's kind of like uh, we've had some fun interviews before where maybe the, this wasn't the, the most famous guy in the world, but they're great guys. They're great guys. And uh,
1: authentic guys.
0: Authentic. Just like us. And you like this interview, don't you? I
1: do. I really do. Chock full of music. A lot of songs you've forgotten. Let's uh, wait no longer, my friend.
0: Yes, let's go to the dark side with John Cafferty. Hey, John, can you hear me? Sure. This is Sean Daly. I'm the music critic here at the St. Pete Times and TampaBay.com. And uh, we have the great John Cafferty with us today. And, John, you are coming to the Mahaffey Theater in beautiful downtown St. Pete uh, with the All-Star Rock Tour. Now, let me say right now, I'm I'm not just blowing smoke here. I say that this is better than Ringo Starr's All-Star Tour. All right, and let me let me uh, shout out for the people. We have the great John Cafferty. We have Orleans was still the one, um, and dance with me. We have Jolyn Turner from Rainbow and Deep Purple. We have John Ford Coley, and we have Robbie Dupree. Now, those are all kind of 70s guys. You're like the only one to kind of represent, even though um, John Cafferty, the Beaver Brown Band, was born in 1972, you're kind of like an 80s guy. So you're representing yeah. the 80s there.
2: Our hits were a little bit later on. We were still... Uh we were still learning from from these guys. You're I was right. still listening to Orleans and Deep Purple and Robbie Dupree and all the guys.
0: Now, do you have to for a tour like this? Do you have to go in and you have to cram? You know, all these old songs or are they kind of ingrained in your DNA? You know them by heart.
2: Well, you know, a lot of these songs that, that we play are just sort of classic rock and roll songs. They just sort of been around forever. And uh, you know, I mean, we sort of we sort of all know each other's material. Um, but we've done this for years. I mean, this is, this isn't something that's new. I mean, we've been doing this probably on and off in different sort of forms, raising money for kids and doing, uh, you know, charity events and, and corporate events for, I mean, for years and years, there's probably about 20 of us all together.
0: Do you ever like bump something like Jill and Turner out of the way and you take the lead vocal and smoke on the water? No, there's no bump and juggle in turn. <laughs> he's little though. You could probably do that. He's like four foot eight. You could probably totally take him. Actually, with his Joe, ha- with his Joe hair, he's like is six He's force
2: of nature. He's, <laughs> he is. He's the most rock and roll guy I've ever met. He's he's a great friend, and we have a lot of fun together. He's he's unbelievable.
0: Now a lot great. a lot of people don't know that the Beaver Brown Band, born uh, in 1972, right? You guys were in the early 70s, Narragansett, Rhode Island. Um And, uh, I mean, were you, were you just like a hard-scrabble band before it all went crazy in 83?
2: Well, you know, I mean, we were kids when we started. I mean, we, you know, we were just, we were in college, and, uh, you know, we we sort of needed summer jobs. I was going to be a lifeguard at the beach, you know, <laughs> and surf all summer. And, you know, when we started out, I mean, we just sort of, you know, uh, got together with a bunch of guys that, that, that played music, and, I mean, there were, were no lofty goals. I mean, we were just looking to... You know, hopefully play at the bars at the beach and, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking about playing, uh, Boston Garden or or, or Madison Square Garden. I was just thinking about, uh, playing at the beach club yeah. down the street. And we, you know, we just started playing and as we, as we went along, I mean, we, we started to get pretty good at it and, uh, got very popular on the East Coast and, uh, you know, met a lot of friends and got a lot of encouragement along the way from some pretty, uh, you know, well-versed musicians and, uh, next thing I knew I was talking to you
0: right I mean tell us about like so leading up to 1983 when all hell breaks loose with any and the cruisers kinda how did everything go from you guys just wanna rock on the beach and pick up chicks and stuff like that to all of a sudden you're the biggest band in the country number one hit number one movie how did that happen was it overnight I mean were you guys were your head spinning
2: well you know it's, it's an old saying you gotta be great every night cause you just never know who's gonna be in the audience you know and uh at that point in time, it was like there, you know, like the. It might have been around 1980, 81. And uh, we were playing in uh, Greenwich Village. And we were, you know, we had a pretty big following, you know, uh, in Connecticut and also at the Jersey Shore. And so we, we, uh, we were playing in Greenwich Village. And, uh, you know, uh, this guy Kenny Vance, who was uh, in j and the Americans, also a, right. a music producer. For uh, he did, he just did a film called American Hot Wax and Animal House, and he was music director for Saturday Night Live. He was walking down Bleecker Street one night, and he said he he just heard music coming out of uh, the bitter end, and he liked what he heard, and he came in, he sat down, and he watched this, and we never even knew he was there, and he called us up two years later (laughs) and said, I just better read a movie script, and I I think you guys might have the music that I need.
0: Guys, even believe him at first? Was it just like, what the hell?
2: It was uh, sort of what the hell. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, he called us up. He said, you know, I I read a movie script. You know, we're looking for a sax player. Um, I think uh, tunes in your band might be good for the role. And uh, I think that you're writing songs that, you know, are reminiscent of the 60s, which was the time period that the film took place in, but that would also work on the radio, uh, you know, in the 80s. So, I mean, that was sort of the criteria. And, and you know, we were, uh, even though we're from Rhode Island, we were also a, a, a kind of a played a part in the Jersey Shore scene down there with, uh, with Bruce and Southside and John Bon Jovi and all those guys.
0: So did On the Dark Side already exist before the movie?
2: Uh, it, it wasn't called on the dark side. I mean, I, I you know I had a couple of songs that uh, Kenny liked. I had a song called Donald on the Cove, which was a song about the beach, and he liked the uh, sort of piano melody and you know, and you know I read the script and it said uh, you know it starts out with a classic, uh, a classical piano uh, piece and it goes into a classic rock guitar you know, chords, right. and, you know, I just sort of put two and two together, and we, we came up with a little scene, and in in the film there was a rehearsal scene where they were putting a song together, yeah. and they were putting on the dark side together, so I sort of wrote a little musical piece that, that you know, sort of fit that scene. I was never thinking out of it being a record or a song, you know, uh, just thinking of it as being a, a musical skit, and, you know, next thing you knew, it was... Uh, top of the charts.
0: You referenced uh, uh, the boss and uh, and Jersey. I know you guys used to play the Stone Pony, right? And maybe you still do. For all I know, the um did
2: yeah th- we we played the tenth anniversary, twentieth anniversary, thirtieth anniversary.
0: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, Southside used to play there a lot. Southside hey. Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. The guitar players are Gary Gramolini. His younger brother, Joel Gramolini, was in the Jukes. So i mean we've known those guys forever
0: is southside we've known those guys and southside johnny is as, as a, a hard ass as everyone says, like a great musician, but they say he's a tough uh s o b uh he's a
2: he's a great guy i mean i love johnny he's yeah. a great musician he's a lot of fun to be around um i i just saw him at B.B. king's uh it, we went down and sang at uh gary u s Bonds' uh birthday party and uh in the fall and and you know we had a ball we went down there singing with Gary Bonds it was great
0: so um uh, i wanted to ask you like you know you always kind of carried around that um that springsteen tag that never bothered you that people would compare you to to the boss and uh you know uh you, you know john cafferty couldn't go anywhere like oh he's one of those springsteen guys that never bothered you
2: well i mean we are certainly from you know from that uh, musical style i mean we we sort of all went to that uh you know east coast or uh, rock and roll school you know of uh, early rock and roll rhythm and blues and we also you know grew up on that stuff um, you know i we were a part of that scene down there you know god we used to play in the bars down there and bruce would always get up and you know sing with us and give us a lot of advice and south side as well
0: that's awesome and
2: uh... yeah i mean so you know they they were friends back in those days and, uh, you know, we all sort of learn together. But, you know, that being said, I mean, Bruce Springsteen's probably one of the more talented guys in the history of rock and roll. Right. If he does, you know, I mean, uh, what what we do that we have in common is probably more of the, you know, barroom sort of, you know, bar band extraordinaire sort of thing, you know, which with Bruce was probably, you know, doing more towards the beginning of his career. I mean, that's sort of, what we do we also had uh, the jay giles band up here that we sort of oh, really right. emulated a lot
0: right peter um, wolf Sure.
2: you know that sort of high energy sort of deal but bruce i mean he does so many different things i mean he casts such a a, a big uh you know net out there of all the things that he's able to do he's a, he's a very talented guy
0: you know, you also had after Eddie and the Cruisers. You then um, you kind of stayed in the film industry, and you had a relationship with uh, Sly Stallone. You did a song for Cobra, and then um, of course you had Hearts on Fire for the Rocky Four soundtrack. We just had a big debate here the other day about what was the better soundtrack, what was the better movie, Rocky Three or Rocky Four? And I'm like, you got to go with Four, right? Hearts on Fire, John Cafferty.
2: Oh, I'm living in America. Yeah,
0: I know. Look at that. Exactly. Yeah, See, I know. win. Now, how did Dan's you?
2: One. How... It's burning heart. Jimmy Jameson sang burning
0: heart. I love that. And like Aaron. Yeah, that was number one. Isn't Aaron Tepper on there? No easy way Robert out. Aaron Tepper. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Um. So, how did you get uh, the relationship with Sly? How would you and Stallone hook up?
2: Well, you know, it's a small world. It, it, it's uh, the guy who directed Eddie and the Cruises. Um, you know, his name is Marty Davidson, and, and you know he he would like to, uh, you know, make films. He would get these unknown talents, and he would sort of put them together and make these sort of low-budget, you know, sort of gritty films. And, um, you know, they were were very soulful, all of them. And and the one that he made before Eddie and the Cruises was a a, a movie called Lords of Flatbush. Yeah, right. It had Sylvester Stallone in it. It had Henry Winkler in it. And it was right before, you know, Happy days with the Fonz and, uh, and, uh, Rocky came out. So, I mean, he, he had those guys. So Sly was aware of us and he saw the film and he liked the film and, you know, he liked our story, uh, in that, you know, we were a, uh, you know, East Coast bar band, you know, pretty good at what we were doing. But, you know, we had been flogging it out in the bars for almost uh, a dozen years before, uh, we were able to make records and, you know, we made a record and, Boom! You know we're up here on American Bandstand and number one on MTV and all of that. So he 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 kind of liked the story.
0: Yeah, the hearts on fire. Now, did you write that specifically for? I think I always screw this up. But is hearts on fire plays during the training montage when 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 uh, Rocky goes to Russia? Is that when that plays?
2: Yeah, yeah. It actually a couple of times. It ran over the the end credits as well. Yeah. It was uh, it was, it was a good song. I didn't like that one. I, I just sang it. I was, I was, uh, you know, I I had, was home for a week and uh, uh you know, I don't a good time for a story. But I, yeah, it's I always was home a good time. A week and my my wife's car got stolen. She had like a like a a fifty seven Volkswagen Bug. We were <laughs> living in uh, Santa Monica in California, and uh, it got stolen. And they just they found it. They stripped it. You know, took the engine, took everything. So I brought it back to the place where we got it. And, uh, this guy was rebuilding Volkswagen. So he said, well, I, I got this one over here you can take. It's like a 1964 Volkswagen bug. It's, it's all dented up. It's got the primer paint on it. <laughs> right. All right. So I get a call that afternoon. Hey, Slice the one wants you to come down to the studio. <laughs> so I drive down to the studio and I got this Volkswagen bug with the primer <laughs> pain all over it. And I look at my rear view mirror and I see the Lamborghini pulling totally behind me with the car. <laughs> yeah. And it's light. You know, he's like, hey, nice car <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I met him. So it was, it was uh and you know, we walked in, he just wanted me to hear he wanted to hear me sing the chorus. Hearts on fire. So I just I, I never heard the song, I just listened to it once, and, you know, they played the track down, I I knew what he wanted, so I just sort of screamed at the top of my lungs, and he just said, that's it, yeah. love this guy.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that chorus is like tailor-made for your voice, you know?
2: Yeah, that's a good song, it was, it was a good song, it it it, it, uh, it probably had a lot, lot more instruments on it than what my fans were used to, you know? But because uh, you know, coming from uh, a six-piece rock and roll band, I mean, they put they had strings and all kinds of stuff on there for the film.
0: Yeah, it's pretty slick. It's a pretty produced song. But of course, your your voice always has that kind of gritty that gritty side to it. So yeah. um, it worked. Hey, just to prove my John Cafferty bona fides, I had the 45 of "Tough All Over." seemed to resonate with a country that was uh, kind of in flux you know and I think it was like uh, on mainstream rock it went number one didn't it Tough All Over
2: yeah it did yeah, it, that was a pretty good one it was uh, it, uh, you know it, we we sort of hit at the right time for our band because at that point in time you know 83 84 85 part of 86 I mean the radio was was um, uh, it was wide open I mean, they were, it, it was more like the radio of, of, that I grew up with as a kid, where you would have Elvis and James Brown and the Beach Boys and, you know, Junior Walker and the All-Stars, the Supremes, uh, you know, the Beatles, the Stones. It was, it was just it was so diverse. And, and during that period in the 80s, you would have, you know, Michael Jackson and Madonna and Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and Bob Seger. And, you know, I mean, just on and on. Prince, I mean, just all kinds of stuff all happening at the same time so it was it was a good period of time to to get in there with uh you know some, I mean for us I mean it was sort of a blue collar you know bar band I mean that's what we did we we played uh, music that, that was based on the music that inspired us you know in the, in the 50s and the 60s the music that made us want to pick up instruments as kids and you know we told the stories of uh, of, of the people that we spend time with in in the clubs at night, you know all
0: over the country, let me ask do you get to do tough all over on uh the the all star rock tour yeah, awesome yeah. I'll be there then I'll be right. there. How many songs do uh how many John cafferty songs do we get
2: you know I don't know it it's it's different from night to night it uh you know sometimes I get to do four or five um you know then get up there with the other guys i mean it it's always a pretty good show, you know. Guys uh, sort of, you know, bring the best of themselves. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a great band. I mean, the musicianship is unbelievable in that band. Charlie Morgan, you know, played drums for Elton John for 14 yeah. years. He, he played on uh, Live and Let Die for Paul McCartney. And We Need Another Hero for Tina Turner. I mean, he's unbelievable. And Jerry Riggs, one of the greatest guitar players I've ever heard. He's from Orlando, Barry Dunaway. And uh, Larry and, and uh, Lance and Lane from uh, the Hoppin Brothers from Orleans so it, it's uh, it, it's a great band
0: that's awesome alright so you're at the Mahaffey Theater in downtown St. Pete on June 4th it's a Saturday uh, so you can party all night and then sleep the next day um, the all star rock band John Cafferty, Jolyn Turner uh, John Ford Coley the whole bunch hey John thank you so much for talking to us today alright thank you guys alright we'll see you then alright bye bye
1: Fantastic interview, my friend. And I it's gotta funny. say,
0: yeah, you called me a sandbagger because I'm like, oh, it was an okay interview, and like you. No, went- I
1: loved it. I loved it. I love the Stallone story, and I got—I have a theory that uh, Stallone is more blue collar than he lets on, and I bet. When he saw Caffrey's car, he probably really did dig it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> with the Bondo on it. I love that story. And when Caffrey says, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if this is time for a story, I'm like, hell yeah, it is. This is what
1: we're here this for. This is the only
0: time for it. So anyway, I really had fun talking to John. And I really did have Tough All Over on, um, on 45. It's a good song. You heard a little snippet of it there. And yesterday I went on iTunes. There's no John Caffrey Greatest Hits no, on iTunes, not. but you can be very selectful. And get by Tough all over. I listened to it like five times in a row. And he was, you know, he was one of those Neo Springsteen guys. Sure. And before, when you knew you couldn't do the interview, you, you, you took me aside and you said, uh, Sean, I'm really curious, was he ever put off by all those, uh, you know, comparisons to Springsteen? And so I asked him that and he was really cool about it. And yeah. he was right. Like a lot of guys were following. I mean, Springsteen's Springsteen. Right. It's like Dylan, the Pope, and Springsteen. I mean, they cast a the big shadow. So, of course, these guys are going to like... Uh, I mean, on I mean
1: obviously Springsteen was the, was the name that came out of the Jersey Shore scene but for for those of us who didn't grow up in that area you know me included who's I've never set foot yeah. in Jersey actually that's not true I've been there but nowhere near the shore but that that to me is a totally foreign music you uh, might as well be talking about London or Sydney or Melbourne. I, I, I have no connection whatsoever with it. So the idea that there can be more than one person who sounds like Springsteen sounds suspicious to me, but it's, it, it's obvious. No, it, it's wasn't, obvious. it wasn't
0: so much a hack move as no, uh, you just, know. No, that's the
1: way tribute. life is.
0: Man. And Caffrey was a rock band. It's funny when he talks about, he's very respectful talking about heart, Hearts on Fire. He says, yeah, there are more instruments in it than my fans were used to. I mean, it's a glossy song. I mean, Hearts on Fire is a lot of synth, you know? And then you got Cafferty, whose voice sounds like, in a, in a positive way, like Broken Glass. You know, he's got that raspy uh, that, yeah. that, that voice. It was actually great. He was like the perfect guy to sing that song. The
1: thing about Hearts on Fire is, and it's definitely worth downloading, it is a song trapped in the 80s. And I mean that in every best way. I mean, the synthesizers, the drums, the chorus, the 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 crazy lyrics it's just fantastic it's heart pumping and there's, there's no question in my mind why stallone loved that song so much for rocky four
0: hey you know what else is on fire
1: the, the Seggies. seggies. <music> ah the magical refrain of reader mailbag god how i miss emails we used to get so many what
0: happened as I our know. listenership went up our emails went down are we
1: untouchable
0: is that what it is? Are we, are we such massive stars now that like, we're unrelatable? That must be it.
1: Actually, we do have three great emails this week. And, mm. uh, the first one from our old-time friend, Craig Cantardi. Yes,
0: Craig Quintardi. Um Hello, gentlemen, uh, Craig says. I know it's been uh, quite a long time since you've heard from me, but I have an alibi. I was deployed to Afghanistan. Wow! From the last week of October until the last week of April of this year, while over there, the only access to the internet I had was what Steve Jobs would consider curated, but which the rest of the world knows is locked down tight. I could not con- connect my personal laptop to this government network, nor could I remove anything via the USB ports or optical media. I fell far behind in episodes starting with the twenty um October twenty sixth, two thousand ten iteration, which included a shout out to me. Thanks as always, and I'm just now caught up. I like the new format where you chat about the week, uh, the week's '80s news. As I've always believed, it was more about the two of you and your repartee than the topic du jour. Thank you, Craig Cantardi. We haven't done one of those. I know. 80s just to say now.
1: that. Not a whole lot of '80s news going on.
0: That's not true. We just had things to say. I know. We'll be back. <laughs> Look for us sometime in the dog days of August. Uh, I also could not agree more about the Born This Way commentary I heard on a recent episode. Never before in the recorded history of mankind has there been a clearer example of derivative work than that song. It shrieks of Madonna in exactly the way you described. As an aside, she was great on SNL over the weekend, though, if you haven't seen it yet. I did. Did you see that? Lady Gaga? Three-way? Yeah. You've seen the three-way? That's funny. Sadly, as much as I'd love to come to L.A. in September with you guys this year, we'll have to wait for another time as I have six months of absence to make up for with my family. I will be there in spirit, though. That's no excuse, Cantardi. Finally, while I could not listen to the show for half a year, I still made a retro impression on my co to the point where one of the nominated farewell nicknames for me was Stuck in the 80s. Excellent. I love that. Still trying to grow the 80s nation, Craig Cantardi. Thank you, Craig, and uh, we're happy that you're home safe.
1: Yeah, and, and he mentions the L.A. trip. Which is still, hey, it's still on. Still on. September 1st through 5th, right? Those are the dates. LA, big concert, Human League, B-52s, Berlin. I'll be giving
0: a a guided tour of the Hollywood Hills, some of your 80s favorites.
1: We haven't talked about this trip in a while, but it's, it's on. Oh, it's on like donkey kong
0: oh god i'm gonna, oh, was, <laughs> <was> gonna punch <laughs> you, your fat come face
1: on, punch it baby
0: letter number two before i punch Steve's fat face um this is from dave from davis islands right here finally a local listener where are our local listeners how come we rock it in germany and guam and and wisconsin but where are the where are our peeps from fla baby i don't
1: know m-i-a
0: Dave says, I just finished the podcast where you educated young minds to the greatness that was the 80s. Of course, that was last week's show, which many people considered our best, best, best show, show, show ever. I don't ever, know why. Ne- neither of us know. We walked out of here like, eh, it was all right. We felt like, man, we let the kids down a little bit." I did. Yeah. But you started sending me all these emails and and and, you know, Facebook stuff and text. The people are flipping out for that show. I don't get it. Don't Whatever. Get it um, although uh, Dave, Dave says it is a, a little bit disconcerting that the 80s is being taught in high school. Yes, I agree. Hard to believe that daily, D-A-I-L-Y. What the hell, Spears? <laughs> Can't you edit that? <laughs> 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 Hard to believe that Daly did not know what ruse were. I remember having a pair myself. You did, however, forget one major fashion trend, that Miami Vice look. Yeah, True. Pink yeah. T-shirts and a linen suit with the sleeves rolled up to the elbows. Now, that was a great look. You know, Steve and I didn't do any... Well, you did prep for the show, but I did none. We tried to keep it to a minimum. We wanted yeah, to and we wanted to be fresh. Yeah. Fresh, Exciting. Fashion,
1: fashion in the 80s is not our uh,
0: No, I never point. rocked the Miami Vice look. Had a friend who did, though. Uh, I also have to give high marks on the um, I. Evans Pritchard scale of greatness for his deep, insightful analysis on John Hughes' films. Uh, one other thing that made him so great was that he was amazing at mixing comedy and drama. Brian contemplating suicide, even though it was a flare gun. Or Del Shepard's inability to deal with his wife's passing Del Griffith, I think he means, right? Del Griffith from... Yeah, from... Yeah, not Del Shepard Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But indeed, that's true Uh, As always, I I forever remain stuck in the 80s Dave from Davis Islands Uh, And now this third letter is perfect Because it comes from one of the students From South Carroll High School And it comes from one of the students Who we kind of teased a little bit Because his questions in last week's show uh, Were a little offbeat Right, right. But he, but but Nick A, as his name uh, might be, uh, was really cool about it and uh, was uh, in on the joke with us. Hey, Steve, this is Nick A from the podcast that you re- you did recently with South Carroll High School. Just letting you know that I think you are a real jerk for making fun of me. Nah, I'm just kidding. I thought the podcast was very funny. After a bit of research, I saw that Super Mario Brothers 3 actually came out in 1990. So I guess that is why you did not answer. That's not why we didn't answer. (laughs) Or maybe it was just a stupid question. And by NFL rulings, I meant the fact that so many things are now illegal, and I personally feel that it's dumb. Which we kind of teased Nick A, but you actually could have given a great answer on this because you are a football referee, and you love college football and pro football. But we just had a little fun there. Um, Do you think the NFL is too uh, sanctioned as far as its ref rules and such?
1: No. um, Do you think
0: players should be protected?
1: God, yeah. The whole point of referees being on the field is to protect the players. No matter what level you're talking about, whether it's um, seven-year-olds playing the game or 40-year-olds playing the game, protect the players. That's the job of the referees.
0: Anyway, Nick says, I guess I was just trying to ask about something from the 80s that was not about neon clothes or video games. And we love Nick for that. We love Nick for that. Uh, but now that I think about it, they're pretty dumb questions now, weren't they? No, they weren't dumb on, questions. Nick. They were good ones. Look, Steve just Believe answered your yourself, NFL. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to write you personally and say that my whole class, Mr. Kemper, loved that podcast and thought it was very funny and informative. Thanks, Nick A. Well, we are. you are very welcome, Nick. We had a great time doing that show. If you haven't heard that show yet, honestly, people are saying it's our best ever. Um, one of these days, I will go back and actually listen <laughs> it's to it. Produced, it's in.
1: overproduced to the max. I love
0: when you do that, though. I'm yeah. style over substance, baby. Yeah yeah anyway well there you go where else uh where can people send their letters steve
1: as always fire them off to stuck in the 80s at tampabay.com
0: what's happening hot stuff
1: ah by the sound of the gong it must be time for mystery movie moment uh pay attention here was the last show's mystery clip
0: well there they are more than enough drinks are on me
1: the Great Gung Ho. Oh, I have it
0: on DVD. Gung-ho. You know, when I was a kid, I you know for a few years I, I, I wanted to be Michael Keaton, and so my patter and my behavior was Keaton esque.
1: It still is a little bit.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I love Gung Ho. I took Pam Boyer there to the movie to for on the She did not have a theme song yet. No, Pam Boyer. You need to know more I about pa- Pam. I took Pam Boyer. She was a nice woman. I was a jerk. What did you was do? A jerk. Ah, I don't know. Come on. I just I I don't know what my problem was. I just wasn't into T- give it. Give me an example.
1: No, we're here to kind of no, – we're, we're kind of here to – you want to shake the ah, –
0: cob- come on. Ah, no, a little Pam, bit was, of- you know, Pam was really sweet, and I think the problem is I liked him a little rougher. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him a little on the um, wild side. But so you weren't a Pam- wild
1: kind of guy, though. I mean, you're no John Bender. You're more like uh, – I don't know.
0: Well, I have a dark side, Steve. No, you don't.
1: You really don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm you, not going to break down my, my, my predilections and stuff. I'm for, just saying to I me, mean, how, how
1: could you expect to attract the dirtier sort of girl when you yourself are not very...
0: But that, maybe that's why. <gasps> Breakthrough. <laughs> maybe that's why. Because I was such a prep and straight edged is that I craved a life that, at, that had some adventure and danger and risk. Wow. That's why. Best show ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this week's winners include Dangerous Dan, The Z-Man, JT Zent, Walter Gibb Gibson, Marty U, DJ in Clinton, Indiana, and the geometrically opposed Mark Harmon's nipples. Excellent.
1: Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip.
0: But What do you want from me, huh? You know what I want. You want me to go rescue an old girlfriend who's shacked up with another guy? Thanks
1: a lot. If you know it, email us at stuckinthe com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. As always, you play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. Sean Daly reads your name. Is there any greater glory? <laughs> Pay attention. Here was the last show's mystery tune. That's "Come Dancing" by the Kinks.
0: Come dancing, that's how they did it when I was just a kid. And when they said "Come dancing," my
1: sister always did. Such a happy song. I love it. Yeah, you know, people hate songs. this song. No, The song makes people no. angry.
0: Why? It does. No. Who's angry?
1: Hardcore Kinks fans do not like come Hardcore. dancing. But you know you what? Know what it's fun. <laughs> Just
0: have some fun. I mean, F U N. Yeah. Enjoy the music of our deck. You know who had fun with this? Let me tell you who had fun with this one Derek Lane Waters, Jill from Kansas, Aaron Reeser, David Dietrich, Don in the Sticks, Steve Denver, Chris Marquez of Denver. <laughs> Chris, Steve. <laughs> Steve, Chris. <laughs> Rick V from New Orleans, Padre Paul, Diane Parapetti, <gasps> Sweet Lou Greeley, Tim in Minneapolis, Colin Hayes, Lance of Kansas, Jeff Two Sheds Young, C Cubed in South Lion, Weather Guy, <laughs> and The Here Suit, The Hilarious, Tom on the Rhine in Germany. Oh, who writes? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that there. My mother-in-law lives only about a 15-minute walk from Oktoberfest to Munich. <gasps> Need to bring the show on over here and share some liters of beer with an American expat. Oh. <laughs> Why do you set me off like this? This, this infuriates you. Why? Can we please take the show to Oktoberfest? It's my one dream in life is to go to Munich for Oktoberfest. Six million people. You know, oh. you know what? You know what? You know what? Guess what I'm going to say? Natalie Diffenbaugh. Drink, drink, drink. Two eyes are not bright. I
2: start when shining on me. Drink,
0: drink, drink. Doesn't that put you in the mood to drink?
1: Yeah. What, what would we do? If we were going to do a show in Germany, what would it be? Would it be famous German movies of the 80s? Would it be- Victory.
0: <gasps> v- Stallone. <laughs> Stallone.
1: <laughs> Stallone. V-
0: are you, you, you mocking me right now? No, no, I'm lying. Lo- I, I okay. Why do I we have to have a theme? Th- no, Sean and Steve go to Munich for Oktoberfest. You know what? You son of a bitch. If I was ever a millionaire or if I ever made a ton of money, I would fly me, you, and, and sound equipment to, to Munich for Oktoberfest. Really, mark my words. If, when I get money, we're going to, we're going to Oktoberfest. and remember. Why don't you want to? You're like built on beer and sausages. <laughs> I, it's a money thing, dude. We're gonna get the money. Money shmoney. We're going to L.A. Yeah, it's a different. No, I don't know why. Do you, you have some sort of one of these days? You're gonna allergic, tell me. I'm allergic and to later <laughs> I love later hosen. You know a nice pair. I think it's like two thousand bucks for a really nice. Really, I, two thousand totally dollars do for later hosen. I love later hosen. If I could get away with wearing later every day, I would.
1: If anybody could, it would be you. Hey, thanks. You should do. Don't you have a pair that you wore to?
0: Yeah, but they're Halloween. they were like three well, ninety nine from Party day City. See what people say. <laughs> God, I went bareball. It was so good. I felt so free. Really? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I wouldn't
1: like the (laughs) shifting. Pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery Tune. If you know it, email us at at com and tune in next week to find out if you're a free baller. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at TampaBay.com. And we're back, and uh, Sean Daly uh, doesn't know this, but he's about to be subjected to the ultimate Eddie and the Cruisers
0: trivia quiz. Ooh God, I could do Cafferty, but Eddie and the Cruiser's quiz, you know that movie so well. And you say that Eddie and Cruisers too, Eddie Lives, or whatever it's called. It might be a little better. You think it's better. You're the only guy. You say that about like Short Circuit 2 and everything. Nah. Eddie Lives. It was called Eddie Lives. You love sequels even when they're like lousier than like
1: Not always the case.
0: Here's the thing about you. Okay. No, it's it's interesting. Like you can sit down and you can literally watch any movie from start to finish. True. You like something hooks you like you get hooked by the story, but you can sit there and watch anything start to finish.
1: I'm trying to think of a really You're good example of a bad of movie. Starship Troopers 3 was on the Yikes, other day. I didn't even know there was a 2. so bad. It's so bad. I didn't know there was a 2. I've now watched it start to finish twice. There's no reason for that.
0: You know, we have the great Steve Persal as our film critic here. Um, he's a fantastic critic and a good guy, but you would make a really good film critic too.
1: You know what? I'd make a really good bad film critic.
0: <laughs> what of bad
1: movies? Yeah, or, or just you know, like like I'd be I'd be said in a Saturday Night live skit how bad I would be at it. Why? Because
0: I you would like everything. I
1: like everything, and the movies I don't like are the ones that people love.
0: You know, I used to have that tag on me with music criticism. Like I remember some guy like said you're an appreciator, which is basically saying that I was a giant. P- you know, which that what wasn't true because I slam a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, and I trust me, I take my hits for it. But that's okay. I like, but I like that about you. Give me the Eddie and the Cruisers. Quiz. Okay,
1: even if you don't know the answers, you're going to learn something. Today. I, I want to learn. Question number one. Only four questions today. Okay. Michael Parry plays Eddie in Eddie and the Cruisers. Mm-hmm. But how many other actors from the band, the fictional band, can you name?
0: Tom Berenger. Yeah. Uh, Ellen, Ellen Barkin?
1: No, she's the reporter.
0: Toons, Michael Antunes Yep. Uh, John Turturro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> who else. Who else is that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Joey
0: Pants. Oh, He plays the manager. <laughs> no, he's, Joey Pants. no, he's, in the, he's in Is the he band. in the band?
1: Uh, Matthew Lawrence and uh, Helen Schneider.
0: Uh, I love Joey Pants. Let's get him on the show. He can talk about running scared and uh, risky business. Oh, good lord! Uh, I bet Joey Pants would do this Pam. show. God, let's let's really honestly, write it down. Write it down, Joey Pants, and that would be like a two parter because you know he would talk for like three hours.
1: Risky business.
0: Oh my God, He's Guido? But like his PR people would personally say, you can't "Don't not ask about, about risky business." Yeah, ask about his new project. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great one. I, that's on my list now. Yeah, ready for
1: number two? Yeah, one act. One of the actors. Mm-hmm. playing with Eddie and Cruz really plays with the Beaver Brown band. Can you name him?
0: That's Toons. Michael Antunes. Yeah. it was the sax player. And that, in the story, of course, we know that because uh, John Carpenter tells that story. Yeah. That, like, the sax player, they first wanted him, and then they're like, Shh, you know, bring him Can, can you give
1: me a line of his in the movie?
0: Betty Lou. <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. Trick question. He has no lines in the movie.
0: Ah, Spears, damn you and your trickery.
1: Question number three. Yes. During the movie, uh-huh. the band records an album that is never released and believed to be lost. What is the name of that album? Ooh. God, dun, that's a good dun, one. Dun, dun, dun.
0: It's on the Satin Records. wasn't it? Uh, What is it? Season in Hell. Is it Season yes! in Hell? Yes. Oh, man, that's good. And the last one. Isn't that one. also the name of Halloween 3?
1: Season of the Witches. Oh,
0: okay. I kind of like that one.
1: I just like the, the commercial for Silver Shamrock.
0: Yeah. Five more days till Halloween. Halloween. Sorry. Still this show's Halloween. all over the place. Yeah. I love it, baby. I love it.
1: Ready? Last question. In the end, we discover that Eddie is dead or alive.
0: He's totally alive. Alive. He's he reappears. Now <laughs> <Yeah>, you <laughs> see his reflection in the, the, the storefront window.
1: Yeah. And he reappears with in a beard, right? With a mustache.
0: I think he might have stash? a beard. Might be a beard. He's here suit.
1: Yeah, and uh Eddie and the two and Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie lives in 1989, he has a
0: stash. Stash? Michael Pare. <laughs> another. he's another one. I, I I I want Joey Pants, but I talked to Pare. Yeah. He's in some good our stuff. epic
1: three-part series on <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh. We'll get Helen Schneider in here next.
0: So there you go, John Caffrey. is a good little show for everyone. I loved it. John Caffrey's entertaining. I don't want to do any more interviews without you, baby. I don't want you to do any more interviews. Without me. I know. I, mean, I kept looking up, like take a question, but no, you weren't in there.
1: It's funny. I, the movie had ended that I was reviewing, and it was about twelve fifteen. And I wanted to text you, but I'm like, he's right in the middle of it right now. I can't disturb him.
0: I felt yeah, I felt naked, but I felt you. the
1: connection. I could feel you talking to Caffrey.
0: Really? He's a great guy. He's just a really, really nice guy. I'm glad these guys are cool. They don't. They're not afraid to go back and talk about history. You know? No. Neither are we. Him. I know. That's neither the whole way, idea, my right. friend.
1: That's the whole idea, and that's why myself, Sean Daly, and the great John Cafferty remain here, hopelessly stuck in the
0: eighties. <laughs> Duck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com.
1: Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes.
0: It's a fun show. Now, see, I like that show. And you like that show and people will be like hey little step down